Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First World Manila podcast. For those of you just joining in, First World Manila podcast, or actually the First World Manila brand, is an aspirational brand that makes learning about Manila and the Philippines urban and economic development and cultural revitalization interesting via things like this podcast, for example, there's a YouTube vlog, there's also fine art exhibits, and it's run by me, Ramon Rodrigo Calo Cuenca, CFA. Uh, okay, so there, there's that intro. Um, for those of you who have watched previous episodes of this podcast, um, the focus has, has been, always been more on the urban and economic development side, but the more I've done, I've worked on this podcast and produced videos for First World Manila, the more I realize that cultural issues and uh, cultural revitalization is is also important as well. And I've, I've obviously hinted at this or sort of uh, slipped this in in previous episodes, but and also on my on my vlog as well. But we ha uh, culture does matter. And I take the view um, that well, okay, there was um, maybe like a year after the EDSA revolution in 86. So in 87, The Atlantic pu actually published an article about the Philippines. It's a, a, called A Damaged Culture. So you can actually look for it in, um, in The Atlantic. Look, search, for, search for A Damaged Culture Philippines on the internet, on Google, and you'll find it. And uh, this is a very famous article about the Philippines, and it's something that I, I think is fairly accurate. Uh, and this is sort of a starting point for why I started First with Mandela. Um, so uh, if you've watched some of my videos and, and podcasts, again, um, I've, I've hinted that uh, culture is important and we have to have a, a strong sense of who we really are, you know, and uh, it's important to have that aspect, not just, not just pure economic development and uh, urban development, because, I mean, those are important, but also emphasizing uh, culture as well. A sense of a national identity is very important for us because... Otherwise, we have a situation like what we have now where just a lot of people just want to leave the country and find better lives rather than just staying or staying here and trying to make things better. After all, if you don't, if there's no emotional appeal to you and your identity, then what, what's the point of staying in the Philippines and, and making, doing the hard things to get things done here and fixed? Uh, rather, rather than just go abroad and find a job and just send send money back, which is obviously the case for a lot of people right now. So, cultural revitalization is just as important for this podcast as um, ec er, learning about economic and urban development in Manila and the Philippines. So that's something. Uh, culture is something I want to address in several podcasts, including this this particular episode. So you'll see it kind of mixed in with all the other episodes about, you know, the latest news in our, on our economy or, or infrastructure. Um, and I say revitalization because, in my view, if you've seen my artwork and some of my other videos, uh, or even some of my, or listened to earlier podcasts, you'll, uh, you'll know that I do have a very specific vision, you know, of, of where Manila and the Philippines could be. And it's uh, it's been quite successful so far. I've had two. I've had a successful art exhibit uh, with that theme of First World Manila, so it's uh, something I want to continue. And obviously, I'm not I'm not the authority on who our our identity is, but I, I think we can agree on a few key things of who we are. 
the fact that our history is so unique in the in the region and even the world and you know um and it's uh it's so unique that it's hard for us to really compare ourselves to other people i think we all know that uh we're obviously a former uh spanish colony colony situated in asia where most people did not learn spanish uh and instead learned english and um and our national language also besides english is also tagalog which is uh, really only comes from one part of the country so it, it's hard to articulate i mean i think it's there our culture is there but I, I, part of my job aside from going over the nitty-gritty nitty about you know policy is also to uh it's a, it's a show and and present and market our culture make it marketable and understandable not just to non-filipinos but to ourselves as well so we, we need that so that's what one of the that, that's what a, an episode like, like this is about and so it's, this is a this is a culture-based episode and okay um now that i've uh ranted for not for a few minutes um let's let's get into the actual subject of this episode so this is about uh what language should filipinos speak and also about the recent uh internet meme that's been traveling around the internet uh your road <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk about that. Um, so for those who don't know who, what Your Road is all about, um, I'll just actually show you. Uh, there's a good article on Interaction about it, and I'll, of course I'll paste the link in the description for everyone to see. Um, but basically, there was a, uh, what happened was maybe a few weeks ago, a friend of mine uh, who I work with at a co-working space, at my co-working space, Randall, he actually showed me this meme that's been going around called Your Road. And basically, uh, there's a U.S. American TV show. Uh, what's it? Um, there's an American TV channel called TLC. I think it's, that's the, the learning channel. I think it's what, it's what it stands for. They had a reality show called 90 Day Fiancé, Before the 90 Days. And... Uh, one episode, one one segment of one episode featured an American who uh, basically goes to the Philippines to marry a Filipina, and they 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 met online. Um, and if, if you can see, um, neither the American and this and this Filipina in question are. If you watch the actual footage, they're they're probably from more humble backgrounds, um, and. Obviously, it's a reality show, so you, you can't have a... And you, you, they're there. He's visiting her and her family, and then they're, you know, in very modest, to, so to speak, uh, environment, and um, they're having a lechon. And he... Uh, I think the American, his name is Larry, um, couldn't... He was not used to eating a live pig, so it's something that he could not do, and... His fiance, the Filipina Jenny, is her name, basically uh, pulls him aside and says, "You're road." <laughs> so instead of uh, "you're rude," which is a proper pronunciation, she says, "You're road." So a lot of people, the internet found it funny, so it circulated. It's uh, uh, it obviously appeased Filipino internet culture and netizens around. Um, and it's been around for a couple of weeks. I know I'm late to jump into the bandwagon. Sorry, bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, her, her accent's affecting my accent too. <laughs> the bandwagon. But it is something I want to talk about um, because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
it's sort of like a this whole the fact that this whole segment went viral and people a lot of people were kind of mocking her accent is um you can see here there's a you know Twitter and like uh, I mean I'm sure for everyone who's listening audio only on the recorded video I'm actually showing people some tweets and memes Ken Kenan Road Rocky Road your road <laughs> okay that was, that was pretty good but yeah okay um uh, it's 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 people I mean here's the thing people who the fact that this this sort of this that this clip was picked up and people a lot of people found it funny were, and some people were mocking uh, Jenny and her accent the fact that it's gotten a lot of attention is sort of a it, it kind of says a lot about our 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 culture and I, I do admit that it's it's funny I mean I, I'm not gonna lie it is but at the same time uh, as others have pointed out fairly uh, fairly that um that why would you why would you laugh at someone because of her accent you know if, if this was another person from another country trying to speak English we wouldn't laugh at her accent but because 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 this this woman Jenny is obviously you know poor uh, and she can't speak English as well as some of us, uh, people find it funny. But the underlying message, I mean, you and I both know where this is going. Uh, the underlying message is that, um, is that people think because maybe I, I think the view is that she's 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 stupid because she can't speak because she spe her accent when she speaks English is so is. Uh, uh, so thick, so, um, and that's that's kind of I I think that's 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 not that's not cool. Um, you, we can't expect everyone to. I, I can only speak English like this because I spent half my life in the U.S. and and most people in the Philippines speak with an accent. And maybe hers is thicker than others, but still, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But. And as we know, I mean, I just want to spell it out. These are obviously the the subtle class demarcations of our society coming out. Uh, generally speaking, the richer you are, the better education you can afford, and hence you can speak better English. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's sort of like a so for me. And obviously, I have no way of proving this, but it, it, it it's sort of a. It's sort of anecdotal, maybe a soft skill, but I do think that it's almost like uh, someone in the social status, higher than pecking order, order, kind of laughing at this at this woman because she's because her accent is so, is so thick. Uh, you know, this woman, by the way, who who might be basically a mail order bride. I, I don't know. I'm speculating. Uh, so it's interesting, though, like because for me, because I've. Uh, again, I spent half my life in the U.S. and in American English is my first language. Um, although I'm trying to improve my Tagalog and obviously my Spanish, um, uh, for me, a, a lot of people here when they speak English, I mean, a lot of educated people here when they speak English, they actually have an accent as well. So, I mean, what does that say? Should I should I laugh at all these other people who 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 are probably who probably have less of an accent than Jenny, but still have an accent nonetheless so 
I mean, how does it feel when someone is mocking you for for sounding stupid? So, so that's something. Um, that's something that I don't like. Um, obviously, not everyone thinks like this, and I'm sure most people are just. It's just. It's just funny, and you know, it's a. Uh, it's a free internet, and you know, I mean, people are always subject to memes. So and and obviously she's maybe you could also say like she she also signed a contract with TLC maybe so getting that kind of exposure to the public also invites uh, scrutiny or or satire. So so I think you know it, I mean it's it's fair like we we can laugh about it but I hope I I just hope that we we learn not to not to mock other people for thick accents when they speak English. Um, um, I think obviously one one long term solution to this problem would be to to make uh, to make quality education available for all. I know that sounds very airy fairy and not realistic, but it's gen I, I generally see that as a positive. Of course, there's a huge gap between theory and practice. How how would that actually happen? How would we get quality education affordable to, or available and affordable to all? But I think the problems like this are solved by structural structural solutions like affordable quality education for people. And maybe we could do something with the internet, you know, the internet is I remember reading I remember reading maybe a few years ago this article that the, globally speaking the education industry is very slow to adapt change and Obviously, if you've seen all of my uh, my other work, I also run a brand called Art and Finance, which is obviously about global financial and economic and business literacy. I generally think that uh, globally, the education system has to be reformed. I mean, for me, it's it's a lot of it is still stuck in the in the 19th century, and not the 20th, the 19th century, and it has not really evolved with the times. And I hope that uh, with with adapting technology. To use with education, I'm sure people are doing that. That it's that we can that maybe better, higher quality education will be available to all, or at least, or, or even other things too. Maybe like like providing better training to teachers. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. Uh, but I hope things like more of that kind of stuff happens. Obviously, you a few years ago there was a there was all the hubbub about um about massive was it massive online learning course something like that MOOCs but I don't know what happened with that but they're still around I guess Coursera uh, Udemy um, but I, 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 it would be great if there was something Philippine specific there's an idea for all you all you budding entrepreneurs here in the Philippines anyways uh, but yeah I think now especially with technology which, which is what I'm leveraging on obviously that we could do something to hopefully improve our education system Obviously, here in the Philippines, but I'd also like to, I'd also like to think globally as well. Uh, and I want to add just w one last thing, uh, because the title of this podcast is "What Language Should Filipinos Speak?" Uh, the reason why I I've called this episode that uh, is because it's it's very hard to learn more than one language. So, in Jenny's defense. Uh, I think where is she from? But she's she's not from Manila or the Manila region, uh, but she's from another which province. Um, scrolling down, was it Ilocano? She speaks Ilocano, so she has an Ilocano accent when she speaks. And I mean, can you blame her? I mean, just learning. I mean, learning one language is hard enough. Imagine learning two. Uh, 
so should we what what should Filipinos speak? Uh, should it be just should we just have one language that everyone speaks? Uh, um, if, as maybe some of you might have guessed, I'm actually against that. I think we should have, I think we should have multiple um, national languages, just because that reflects. Going back to what I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast, that really reflects who we are. We are a mix. Our culture is a mix of different things, and and our language has to reflect has to reflect that. Uh, personally, I want Spanish to be brought back as a national language, because a lot of our a lot of our nationalists and heroes and you know very accomplished people in in our history wrote and spoke Spanish and if you understand if you understand what they were saying in Spanish in the original Spanish I don't know I, I feel more Filipino reading it in Spanish um, even when I've been to Spain twice and I, I felt even coming back I felt more Filipino being able to you know practice Spanish there um, well, that's, that's something I will, I'll talk more about in the future in a future episode um, but I asked, so, but I wondered, is it, is it feasible? So obviously technology helps in general with providing better quality education all around, but is it feasible to have more than one national language? So what I actually did was I actually posted that question on, on, to, on, on my Facebook newsfeed to my friends, and I got a lot of interesting answers. Basically, everyone said yes. Uh, they brought up several examples, Canada, for example, and um, someone, someone actually brought up the, the case of Switzerland, where, uh, where the Swiss, apparently, according to him, can can speak at least two languages. So that's something that they're. And, and for, for those of you who don't know, uh, Switzerland is actually divided into different parts. Uh, there's like a there's a German side, there's a there's a French side, for example. I'm not an expert in Switzerland, but it's, it it is a, a multilingual country. So the fact that they can do that, that, that they can actually get their citizens to be at least bilingual is means that it can be done elsewhere. I mean, obviously, maybe you can say we're bilingual in the sense that, you know, at least speaking English and, and Tagalog. Um, obviously, I like, I'd like us to be trilingual with Spanish, uh, but yeah. Um, so I think it can be done, and, I, and even though there's no things like that like like cultural cultural improvement and cultural revitalization and giving us a sense of an, a sense of national identity there's no there's no immediate tangible ROI on that ROI is return on investment like you don't see that pop, pop up in the in the economy or the jobs uh, the numbers you know or poverty alleviation but it's still for me an an important um, it's still for me an important issue because uh, the intangible benefits you get kind of play out over the long term. Uh, generally speaking, if you look at developed countries uh, like um, the Western countries, for example, and East Asian countries, they, they, they come from a tradition of having a consolidated culture and state and government where there's a, uh, there's a sense of identity and language. So. Again, going back to my first point at the very beginning of this vlog, or sorry, excuse me, not vlog, podcast. Um, uh, why why work so hard and make and do and make all the hard decisions, and why 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 stay here and, and fix all our problems if you don't if you don't see a vision and a goal of who we are and who we could be? It's it's almost like a it's weird because it's, it's that's kind of like self, I know that sounds self helpy, but it's basically self help on a national cultural level 
You know what I mean? So I, I really think, again, culture is important. And obviously, uh, with this podcast, I'll be mixing it up between culture and also policy. So I think both of them need to work in tandem. If we're to, if we if we were to galvanize our fellow countrymen and co- countrywomen, so that we can hopefully, again, uh, make sure that progress continues over the long term, and our overall standard of living goes up and poverty is alleviated. And again, going back to my central my central thesis for those of you who are new to this podcast. Uh, we have to we have to stick with certain long term po- economic and urban planning policies so that uh, so that our standard of living goes up secularly over the long term. Okay, so that's that's that for today's episode. Um, a few things um, I I did release uh, today, well, as of this recording earlier today, I released a new YouTube video. It's up. It's it's about Ube. And how it's getting popular in the U.S. and how we can sort of ride that, ride that to really market our culture internationally. Um, so you should check it out. Uh, I'll leave a link in the in, in the description of this of this uh, podcast as well. So please do check it out and support. Also, my artwork is there. So I I I I like to tell you it's uh, visually appealing as well. Um, lastly, okay, today's episodes. Tagalog Espanol vocabulary. Let's start with the basics, okay? So I, I don't want to, this is, what is this? Podcast number five? So let's start building a foundation for our Spanish, starting with the most basic stuff. And then later on, as this podcast continues over the longer term, we can add more and more complex stuff and sentences. But let's start with a very, very basic stuff. So Today's uh, today's uh, Spanish word is yo. That that's ako. Yo. Some countries it's, it's jo, but yo y o ako. Yo ako. Me I. Yo ako. Okay, uh, and that's it for this episode. Uh, have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next week.